0: Seattle, Seattle, you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realities that you can trust. So go to ride and pass it down. You're listening.
1: Hello. And Don Show. To the Ron and Don Show, and yes, my dad's pretty annoying. All
0: right, cool. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode 279 now of the Ron and Don Show. What
2: is up, Ron and Don Nation? Yeah, we
0: are live from the Les Schwab Studios, and don't forget, stop by a Les Schwab Tire Center sometime this summer, and they're going to check everything out. Make sure you're ready to hit the road. Coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we have to tell you about my son and the fact that, uh, well. He's about to do something that I don't have the courage to do. You talk about black belt courage. We'll get to that. Also, Britney Spears is in the news. I tried not to do the story. Ron is demanding, demanding to free Britney that we talk about Britney Spears and that we free her. So on 279, we will make an attempt for an assist to do so. If you see her in the news over the next couple of days and you see that Britney has been freed, remember You heard it on this podcast, 1,772nd, okay? Because everybody's on this story right now. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. The Las Vegas Raiders right now making the news. And this is kind of an interesting story. Carl Nazib is a ferocious tackler and a ferocious football player. He was incredible when he played in college, and now he's playing for your Oakland. No, L.A., uh uh-uh, yep. He's playing for those Nevada, no Las Vegas Raiders under Coach John Gruden, and he just came out this week and said what?
2: He he came out and said I'm gay. I'm a starting NFL player and I'm gay. Uh, and he made a video. I watched the video on the on the Twitters, and it's he's a selfie thing. I, and I'm going to say some stuff here that uh, try to help me to not step in anything. There was a player a couple years ago who was out of the University of Missouri, and I don't remember the name off the top of my head. He's a black player, and he was a tweener. I mean, he he wasn't a starter. He got drafted in the NFL, and he came out as gay. He never made it to a starting roster, and he, and, and a lot of a lot of players are like that. You might be all conference in college. And you think you're an NFL player? You get on a practice squad. We've known people like this. You're making good money for you know being 22 years old. Uh, You know you might be making 200 grand a year, or or you might get a signing bonus for half a million dollars, something like that. So it's seeing you're you're pursuing your dreams. Well, he came out as gay. Um, He made an NFL team, and then he couldn't crack the practice squad. He couldn't get off the practice squad. Now when we go to Naseeb, uh, he's already on the starting roster. He's also an, uh, a white player, or and he's coming out and he's, he's uh, saying this video. And so I, I'm curious as to the response to this. I, I don't think there necessarily is anything to, to fall along racial lines, but I think that the culture in the NFL has come around. I think he's going to be accepted – With open arms.
0: Yeah, you're talking about Brandon Davis. He played at Montana State. He is someone that they thought should have played special teams in the NFL. Uh, He was also a ferocious uh, tackler, a great player. He was a little slower at the combine than maybe people uh, thought he's going to be, and that's the reason that NFL team said, "Hey, he didn't make our roster uh, because he wasn't fast enough." Is that true? Mm Oh, I don't know. I I will tell you this, working in an NFL locker room like we did back in the 90s, late 90s, around 97, 98, we worked for the Raiders and then also working for the Cowboys. I have to say this in 97, this would not be welcome in the locker room Uh, in 2001 when we were working with the Cowboys, this would not be welcome in the locker room. I think what has happened, though, what has happened, you have a new generation of player now in the NFL locker room. Let's forget, there's not a lot of 40- 40 or 45-year-old guys that make it in the NFL. These are kids. They're young. They're anywhere between the ages of 18 and 29. Some of these
2: guys are born in 1999.
0: Yeah, so 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 they were born about the time that you and I were in these NFL locker rooms, and and guys would have – Refused to get on a plane. They would refuse to get on a bus. It was don't ask, don't tell, and really don't tell, and also don't shower next to me when I'm in an NFL locker. So I think when I look at Davis out of Montana State, I think he should have made a roster uh, back in the day when you just look at uh, the evidence of the way that he played college football. I think, in turn, it's very interesting to me that this young man waited? And did he wait because someone was about to out him? Or did he just figure, you know what? It's time, and I can take this on, and I'm going to step into the limelight. I'm going to control the message, because think about this. Back in 97, 98, when we were working for the Raiders, you couldn't get on Twitter and tweet something out and control the story, and that's what a lot of athletes have always worried about. I'm going to have to sit down with a beat writer, and I wonder how this story is going to come out. How is he going to frame it? And what's really great, is a lot of these athletes now, they frame it themselves. They can sit down with their own family, their friends, their social media crews, their managers, whoever it is, and they can say to themselves – How do we want to frame this story? How do we want to share this with the world? And I think the fact that he was able to control the narrative is very, very important. I saw the way that other NFL players, too, have responded on Twitter. And J.J. Watt, for instance, immediately came out and there was a celebration at J.J. Watt's house. I still have to believe, though, there's lots of NFL players out there that aren't going to... To like this
2: yeah the player i was thinking of was michael sam from the university of missouri who, who did the very similar thing to what don was talking about culture has shifted and it is now the the peer pressure that used to be towards hazing and condemning and calling people gay uh, meaning that you're weak or you're effeminate that culture i think by and large has shifted not for everybody, and there are people in the NFL that are going to push back against this. I think for the for the leaders, though, if the leaders on a team are embracing this and the front office embraces it uh, and he's not reprimanded in any way, uh, I think that, that you're good to go. Yeah,
0: and you've heard doing things on the down low and things on the double down low. Where the double down low comes from is actually comes from sports, and that comes from NFL locker rooms and guys that play baseball and basketball and other sports that are gay. It was always known if you're going to do it, you don't do it on the down low. You do it on the double down low. It seems like the double down low days are hopefully over. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey you guys, what's going on? It's a summer road trip season. That's right. You want to live the van life, the car life. I don't know the Volvo life, whatever rig you got. Hey, if you're heading out across the state or just across town, stop by a Les Schwab Tire Center before you do so. They got some great advice for you. In fact, the first thing you're going to do is they're going to check your spare. They want to make sure it's inflated, that you have all the tools that you can change a tire and that you know how to do it. If you don't know how to do it, they'll teach you how to do it. Also, Make sure you get your tires, your brakes, your battery, your alignment, your shocks, all the struts. Checked out by the pros of Les Schwab. What does it cost? The other guys are going to charge you hundreds of dollars. At Les Schwab, it's absolutely free to have them take a peek. They're going to visually inspect all the important parts. And again, they're going to do that for cha-ching for free. Keep that money in your pocket. It's part of their free pre-trip safety check before you hit the road. So stop by any location or schedule yours today at Schwab.com. That's LesSchwab.com, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952.
1: Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. And we sat down with Ron and Don. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. I don't think we've met any other realtors who have kind of their knowledge or experience, whether or not you're looking to get into developing the property so that you can rent parts of it out, or you're just looking for a family home for yourself. Um, they, they kind of know all the areas, they invest in real estate themselves, they're very nice and kind. We're always on hand, and um, yeah, we're so happy that we went through our first real estate purchase with them.
2: What set Ron and Don apart was the fact that the the knowledge that they had of the ADU, day do, Airbnb game, um, putting the numbers together and comparing, um, having that knowledge was definitely. Uh, set them apart.
1: Um, We wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support.
2: I really love how Ron and Don complement each other.
1: Yeah, Ron and Don work really well as a team together. It's a great team to be a part of. And I think their contrasting personalities really makes for a better engagement with us. And so Don's, you know, got so much energy and enthusiasm and passion for building. and and checking out and finding um, great deals and great properties. Ron is kind of calm, really understands the process of buying a house. And I think just is that kind of calming influence when things can get pretty kind of tense and emotional Mm -hmm. throughout the process. And I think the balance of personalities really complements one another and kind of makes you feel excited but safe at the same time.
2: I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that, you know, Don's just down the street is, is comforting.
1: <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at RonandDonSitDown.com. Hey, everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show.
0: Hey, you guys. Before we get back to the episode, as you just heard, we are licensed brokers at Windermere, and we have never been busier. Uh, Want to congratulate our friends Joe and Jennifer Kenny, because guess what? Well, we just found a sixplex for them in Finney Ridge, and uh, we just closed on that yesterday. So that's pretty exciting. Also, also, my friends Scotty and uh, Mary Douglas, we just found a home for them, and we are pending right now on Queen Anne Mountain. It has a beautiful view of the cityscape. It's an absolutely spectacular view. What would it be like to wake up every day and look out your bedroom window and see the Space Needle? Well, now Scotty and Mary are going to know. Also, congratulations to the Slides. Just sold their home in just a week out in Snohomish. A beautiful, beautiful home, you guys, as they get set to downsize and get on with an incredible life. And uh, also, also... Our good friend Coach, Coach Arnold, we just brought his house on in Renton. That's Renton, Washington. If you want to find out more about that, go to our website. It's sitdown.com That's sitdown.com Free Britney. Free Brittany. What's going on here? Uh, everybody thinks that Brittany's crazy. I don't know if she's crazy. She went to Las Vegas. She did what Cher did and a lot of the other performers like Elton John do. You come to me, and I'm going to make hundreds of millions of dollars over the course of of being in Vegas for three to five to ten years. It's what Elvis Presley used to do. Many entertainers got away from that and then they decided you know what? The money is just too good and we don't want to travel and we can stay in the same place in our own home with our own kiddos so we see a lot of this happening in Las Vegas and that's going to come storming back. She has kind of retired from that. She's been asked on Twitter uh, if she'll be back and she says you know what? I'm having a great life. She's not sure if she's ever going to perform again. She's saying
2: she's not having a great
0: Yeah. Well, right now she's not having a great life because there's a a deal with her. Something's happening with her
2: dad. What's going on here? This is a really bizarre and fascinating and possibly tragic story. So to to explain this, we have to explain uh, what a conservatorship is. So if we rewind to around 2008, uh, and we all remember the tabloid headlines. Britney Spears had shaved her head. Uh, she was behaving erratically. There was video of her uh, you know like smashing windows and and just looking crazy and people thought she was on drugs. they didn't know what was happening. She had uh, been divorced like married divorced, had kids. all this drama was going on. and so what had happened was her father, Jamie Spears. He stepped in and petitioned a court in California to grant him conservatorship over his daughter. So normally this is reserved for someone. Let's say your parents have dementia and they have uh, a lot of money. You could say you could go to a court and say, I want to be the conservator for my Uh, my, my parent so that they don't get scammed. They don't uh, spend all their money that we can take care of. They're, they're unable to make adult decisions. And so a court will look at the evidence and either grant conservatorship or not. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's reserved for very specific cases where people do not have the capacity to make decisions. So in Brittany's case, her father stepped in and, and got a temporary conservatorship and to try to get Brittany back into rehab and to get her sort of back on the tracks. Then he petitioned the court to make that permanent, to be the permanent conservatorship. And so then you have a decade where she was under the conservatorship and working, like you said, in residence in Vegas, making tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars. And yet her stipend was $2,000 a week Her father, I think, was making $16,000 a week, uh, if if memory serves me right. And he had control over all the money. He had control. uh, He said that they were afraid she was going to get pregnant again. So she claims they forcibly inserted an IUD in her so she could not get pregnant. Um, they had her on lithium on doctor's orders because her dad was able to control that stuff. She basically says she's been controlled and uh, abused for over a decade. And so when they went into this court hearing this week, um, and we don't have time to get into the whole Free Britney movement because she has this Instagram account where people believed she was sending out coded messages, which maybe she was. So she goes into this. She was unaware that she could petition the court to end the conservatorship. And uh, somehow she learned of this. And so that's what she did. She went to the court and she says, I don't want to be in this anymore. Her father claimed she had dementia. Her father claimed that she needed uh, to be on lithium. She needed to be on this permanent birth control. Father uh, claimed that she could not uh, handle her parent abilities. She could not live unassisted or make adult decisions. So he's made all these claims. She said in this court hearing broadcast this out because it was on on uh, like a zoom call and they're like don't you want this sealed she's like no i don't want this part sealed so in in a very rare thing for celebrity people were allowed to listen in on this court hearing wherein she describes i'm basically a prisoner made to perform and she presented the evidence and some prepared remarks to this judge and said i want to be my own person now I don't want my dad to control every aspect of my life, including whether or not I can leave the home. it was in the father's control. It was not allowed for her to even have her boyfriend drive her around unassisted. Um, The very, very strict control uh, over her life. And she is now saying, how could I perform in Vegas nightly? And choreograph these routines and remember all the lyrics. Remember the dance routines. Show up dependably for my fans day in and day out if I was this mentally in- incapacitated.
0: Yeah, and if you go back, she was. I mean, there's a reason she shaved her head. And the reason she shaved her head is she was going to go to court and they were going to do a drug test. And they were just going to do a blood test. They were going to take some of her hair in court and go test it. And she didn't want to do that, so she shaved her head. And then she went out and attacked a car with an umbrella. We all remember those pictures. And so there's definitely... There was definitely some mental health issues there. And I think early on, I think this did make sense. Uh, and then somewhere along the line, instead of saying, hey, you know what? She's done her work. She's gone to counseling. She has gone to therapy. Uh, she is back doing what she's always been great at doing. Whether she loves to do it or not, we don't know.
2: And remember, her dad got her into the Mickey Mouse Club as a child.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so there, there there's always been a weird, funky relationship there. Uh, and it's really weird when you're a child actor. I remember Gary Coleman. Uh, I played with him a couple of times when we were when we were boys because uh, my friend Ronnie Branke was best friends with him. And so Gary would come over from different strokes. And what was bizarre is we would sit there and just play with Tonka trucks and have a great time. And at the same time he was the one that was bringing home uh, all the money for his family. And at the end of his life, he ended up being a security guard. The money was gone. And his story was that his mom and dad had taken that money. Uh, and they say they paid themselves because they were managers. Uh, Brooke Shields, uh, similar story here. Uh, you can look go back to the cast of Different Strokes and look at everybody, especially the young people that were on there. They're all dead right now, except for Todd Bridges. And he almost died and did some prison time. We look at Screech from saved by the bell. The story just goes on and on and on here where where somehow parents take this parental authority and they turn it into lording over the checkbook because that's kind of what their kids have become. And in this case it does seem like Britney needs to be freed. It does seem like if she still needs to be in a, in a situation where there is some oversight, because I, I know going back to one of her boyfriends, the feeling was, and the reason why the court made this decision, and not the, her particular boyfriend right now, but her old boyfriend was also her old manager, and they said, and I don't know if this is true or not, that he was supplying her a lot of drugs to keep her sedated and basically performing like a circus monkey. Was dad in on that? We don't know. Nonetheless, dad is kind of sick right now hasn't been well in, in a long time and and it seems like uh, Brittany is very capable of putting together her own team and if she decides to spend all her money then guess what she decided to spend all her money a lot of child stars out there, well, they spend all their money. So. Yeah,
2: I mean, now she's an adult. It seems like it'd be relatively straightforward to test her cognitive ability. Uh, you know, go to an independent doctor, independent hospital. They have cognitive tests. Uh, and, in fact, our previous president, uh, coffee, TV, sh- television, What he said five words in a row, you're fine.
0: <laughs> See you on the other side of this.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Therese, and I am a new team member with Ron and Don. When you're ready to buy a new home, I am a buyer specialist. Just reach out, and we will send a buyer's playbook that the guys wrote just for you. Go to com. All right,
0: you guys. Welcome back to episode uh, 279. Uh, It's been an interesting summer so far, and as we're speaking... Uh, It's going to be about 100 degrees today in Seattle, Washington. How about that?
2: Yeah, I guess it's been 100 degrees three times in the last 30 years, and it's going to be 103 times in this week.
0: Yeah, so it has nothing to do with climate change or global warming because those things don't exist. And all the fires that you see right now in California and the drought throughout the Southwest, it's not happening. It's fake news, just so you know.
2: (laughs) The end. (laughs) The end. See you, everybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I remember last summer, and I don't know about you guys, uh, sitting in this house uh, that I'm in, and I was with my son, and we celebrated our birthdays alone. And this is a time during COVID where you just didn't want to be around another human. Even uh, Ron and I stopped getting together uh, like we're doing right now. We're actually sitting in the studio at my house, uh, the Les Schwab Studios. Uh, And and there was a time there for months where we're just like, I don't want to kill you. You don't want to kill me. We don't want to kill my son. So let's just stay in our own places and spaces. And we'll do the podcast on Zoom. And and that's how we did a lot of our business too. So as a lot of us are vaccinated now, especially in Washington State, and we're venturing back out into the world, we had written a list and we had promised ourselves last summer that if we ever got our summer back, that we were going to do what Tim McGraw sings about in that country song where he's thinking about his dad, Tug McGraw, who's a baseball player, uh, live like you're dying, just to live like you're dying. So so this week, whew, I almost died watching him do a couple things. Number Number one... We went, and at the end of this broadcast, you may hear my son say, hey, make sure you find that black belt courage. I've shared that story with you before. We went to Maui last year, right before COVID happened. And uh, we were out swimming with some turtles. We were a half mile out, and I didn't even know my son could swim. And then when the turtles came out, they freaked me out, and I turned around to Bolt, and he started he started diving down in the water to swim with the turtles, swim with them. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this 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 kid is such a water baby. So while we were swimming, I don't know if you've ever done this. When you're snorkeling, we looked down, and about 60 feet down below us, we could see all the scuba divers going by. And they were going by the turtle rocks and the turtles' end. So they were down below. We were up above. And when we got back to the surface, my son said, Daddy, I got to do that. I want to do that. I want to swim with the turtles the way the scuba divers are doing that. So... Nonetheless, over the last eight weeks, my son's been at a pool uh, with Ocean Annie, A-N-N-I-E, Anna Crowley, so thanks to her and her team, and he's been learning... (laughs) At the age of 11, to be a scuba diver—that's awesome. Yeah, and then this week on T- Mo- time out
2: though, why does it take eight weeks? I went to Mexico and I got certified in one afternoon. Yeah, there so you go. I mean, I maybe know. it wasn't the same quality of education yeah. that Annie gives, but like I did it in two hours.
0: Yeah, well, you want to make sure you don't lose an 11-year-old on your watch. That's probably a so, wise it's not good choice. for business. So, so, so anyway, this this week on Monday. I drove up to Edmonds, Washington. They have a beautiful water park there, and they've sunk some boats and some ferries and some other things. And you can go down in the water, and if you've been up there before, you see people coming out of the water in their scuba dive outfits. That's where my son was. I dropped him off on Monday, and they told me, they said, hey, if you want to stick around and watch. And I'm like, I cannot stick around and watch. I cannot do this. I have such... Fear of flying in planes, and I have such fear of going down below water, such fear of going down below, and I have dreams about not being able to breathe on planes, and dreams about not being able to play uh, or, or or to breathe when I'm down below water, and then just the panic of what if something happened to my oxygen. And then I had to swim to the top, my ears would explode, I'd get the bends, and I'd die. That would be it. So right, you've so really this, thought about this. Yeah. So I'm sitting there going, Oh, now I know now I know what parents go through. Now I know what you what it what it must be like for a parent when you send your child off to war. What it must be like when you send your child to go do something that's adventurous and at the same time. It's, it's dangerous, like mountaineering, for instance, or learning to be a scuba diver. And so uh, I kept telling him, <laughs> I said, you know, if you're scared, it's okay to be scared because I'm a little scared right now. He goes, Daddy, I'm not scared. I go, no, 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 because I've read all the... You, if, if you have fear, and this is how you learn to breathe and all... He's like, Daddy, I don't... I, I don't. You're I don't hoping he was afraid to... I don't have any fear. Yeah, out of class. I he pulls the plug on this thing. We'll get the hell out of here. So, nonetheless, he did his first open dive. I know because I have pictures. He did this on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, and then uh, we went up to a treehouse that I'll tell you about in a later broadcast. Did some zip lining on Wednesday.
2: Can I, can I ask a, a serious question? What? Have you been able to identify what it is about the confined spaces? Because
0: yeah, it's in therapy, and I'll, I'll, I I don't want to go into it right now because I I don't want this to be therapy time. Okay, so, but no, I've dealt with this in therapy because because I now know. Guess what I know? He 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 is up Hood River right now. Uh, not Hood River. He's up in uh what's the other Hood? Hood. What am I thinking of? Not Hood, hood, hood Canal. River, that's Oregon. What Hood Canal? Yeah, he's up in Hood Canal. He's up in Hood Canal diving today, staying overnight, diving tomorrow. As long as everything goes copacetic, he'll get his certificate, and he will be a certified diver Nice uh, on Friday. So after you've already heard this broadcast, and now it's created such anxiety for me. I was going to therapy every other week. Now I know I got to go back daily, daily, because he's like, Daddy, Daddy, when are you going to get certified so we can go swim with the turtles? Ah! keep your head up keep your shoulders back and I'll find some black belt courage before we get to episode number 280 thanks for hitting subscribe thanks for supporting us in our real estate adventures and don't forget we have a buyer's book and a player's sell book uh, sell book. and we'd love to send those to you all you gotta do is write Ron ron at windermere.com and we'll send you out those free ebooks today alright you guys Yeah, like I said head up shoulders back Plan some black belt courage and we'll see you next time right here oh my! on the ron and don radio network
1: keep your head up and your shoulders back and we'll see you next time on the ron and don radio network